Now in year number six, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Everybody sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family. Cheers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 301 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from balmy, okay, I'm kidding, freezing Sandusky, Ohio, down to about negative 11 Celsius today on the way down to about negative 15. I think I can safely say that this uh, interview that you're about to hear had the largest temperature disparity of any interview that I've done, because uh, as you'll hear during our discussion, my guest today uh, was uh, in Perth, where I believe it was about 39 degrees Celsius. So we had about a 50 degree, 51 degree difference. I'm glad you're checking this out. This is the uh, the next episode in my previews for the 2024 season. I am joined by Waza King from Eagle Nation, the Eagle Nation podcast. And uh, we're going to be previewing everything West Coast Eagles and absolutely love talking to, to Waza. Just he's a, a, a he's a very, very um, pragmatic Eagle supporter, but realizing that the dawn is coming. Okay, they've been in the darkness quite a bit, but the dawn is coming. Now, don't forget that if you have a local footy club that you'd like to get a shout out during an upcoming episode, I do hope you'll reach out to me. Head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and shoot me a message there. Shoot me a message on any of my socials, which are all linked there, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can reach me at yankonthefootygmail.com. Also, look for my name, Craig Wessels, on YouTube. I hope you'll follow the podcast there. I'm starting to release every episode now on video because who doesn't want to look at this? Yeah. Uh, but uh, as I get a little bit better at editing video, I may incorporate a few things, some overlays, things like that into the uh, into the podcast. Uh, but I'm, I'm still working on that. But today's club of the episode, they are the Chapman Valley Royals of the Great Northern Football League. And the Royals are from the town of Nabawa, if I've got that correctly, which is in the uh, Shire of Chapman Valley. And they were formed back in 1961 when the uh, Nabawa and Yuna football clubs were merged. And last year, the club senior side won four out of their 12 games and the reserve side won five contests. They play their home games at the Mazzuccelli Oval in Nabawa. And just looking at the image of the oval on uh, Google Earth, it to me is the epitome of what local footy country footy if you will uh is all about it's uh it's the kind of place that i'm hoping to visit when i'm in australia in july uh to to just meet up with some of these people who footy netball cricket maybe basketball are such an integral part of that community of that town that village, if you will. So I want to wish the Royals the absolute best in 2024. I hope you have a phenomenal season. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with uh, Waza King from Eagle Nation. Remember, I am coming in July, and if you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly do that. You can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button over on my website at yankonthefooty.com or check out my store page um, if you want to uh, pick up some gear from the podcast as well. So let's jump into it with Waza. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our 2024 previews. And uh, 
I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by a great friend of the podcast. I have had him on a couple of times previously. And if you are checking out this podcast, you have probably seen the logo for the show. And this gentleman was kind enough to put that together for me a couple of years ago. I am thrilled to be joined by Waza King from the Eagle Nation podcast. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing very well, Craig. How are you going, buddy? It's good to be back on here. I love coming on your podcast. It's brilliant. Thank you. It, I'm 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 cold. As we were talking about off air, it's uh it's about minus eleven, minus twelve Celsius here right now. Um, I'm it, as I get older, I do get colder as well. Uh, we have uh, I forgot to heat them up this morning, but we actually will uh, have here like little flannel like flannel material bags that we that we fill with uh, dried rice, like rice, and you throw them in the microwave and heat them up. Yeah, the so, old heat and, packs. <laughs> yes, and you know you can you can use them time and time again, and it's you know they keep you warm. It smells a little bit like popcorn. It's it's a it's a nice win win situation. And I forgot to heat those up this morning. They're on the they're actually on the floor right behind me here. I forgot to warm them up this morning, but uh, we're going to muddle through this today. So, you need heat packs, and I need ice packs. Where I'm yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I've got I have two cups of coffee here next to me, so. Well, you can see this big block I'm, of ice in my drink, mate. <laughs> yes, yes. We we are very cool. Definitely on opposite sides of the world because you said it was 38 degrees there. So yeah, today uh, it was which, yeah. yeah. So that's 70 in, in the shade as well. 38 in the shade. Yeah, that's about 108 degrees Fahrenheit for those of you here in the US. So uh wow. So we're we're here to talk about your beloved Eagles and uh you know. There are a, a lot of people who will still be, you know, under their breath behind the scenes, behind your back. They're going to chuckle about the Eagles and that sort of thing. And it's and because there have been scuffles over the last couple of years, but they've they've been making. As we talked about in the past, necessary steps to revitalize this list and get this club, which has an absolutely mad, passionate supporter base back on the right track yeah look um none of us are going to hide behind our crap the last two years have been um i could trade it back for anything but um you know these things happen and uh did they go about it the right way probably not but in you know everyone says the off season's the time to do things and um well they haven't been quite that's for sure so they you know they've got new ceo they've got new um sports uh trainers in they got um got all new players in there you know they've gone from one of the oldest lists to the second or third youngest list in the competition in the matter of the year so yeah there's only one way up from bottom spot and that's mm -hmm. up so you know um i don't think you can ever worse year than what they had last year um someone went wrong i don't know if the message was getting through but it is what it is, and uh, they've, they've learned from it. The club's backed in the coach, which surprised a lot of people over here in the West. It was very 50-50 split. Should he stay? Should he go? Right, right. Um, they've moved a few little the assistant coaches around. One's left, gone to the Bulldogs. Um, so they've made subtle little changes there. And, you know, everyone's buoyant at, at the moment at the club because that's what preseason is about. I went down to training on Thursday and they looked really, really sharp. So 
um, providing there's no massive injuries, I can't see why they can't win a few more games. I don't think they're going to set the world on fire because of their list profile now, which we'll probably mm-hmm. get into later. But um, yeah, look, they've made some changes and um, you've got to when you hit the rock bottom. So, you know, it's a proud club. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. They still had 103,000 members in their membership base, which was the highest or the second highest out of all clubs last year. And that's not bad for a team that uh, wins four, uh, three games for the season. So a lot of clubs like that don't uh, have that membership drive. So they're a big, powerful club. They're a proud club and uh, they'll, they'll get back there, but it just depends on how long it's going to take them. Well, and, you know, and I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, uh, the fixture from last year and, you know, you, you there were a handful of, of very close games, you know, that were, were, were single digit losses, you know, you, you know, opening up with the ruse and then, you know, round 16 with the, with the saints by eight, you know, eight points, uh, you know, losing by one to the bombers. Um, but, you know, they beat some decent sides last year, knocked off the bulldogs, knocked off GWS, uh, yeah, knocked off the ruse. And, and it's, you know, you, I was going to make a really bad reference to the clash, uh, you know, because it's kind of what was going on in terms of whether or not Adam Simpson should stay or should he go now. Um, I won't sing the song because that's, uh, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't sing this early in the morning. And I figure with the guitar in the background there, you know, I, I could make the reference to the clash there and, and that, uh, that song there, but you know, you, you made a great point about the, the, the structure of the club and the, and the list, uh, you know, it's, you've got, you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at that, you know, you've got, you know, what, four or five players right now who are above 30 years of age, you know, Tim Kelly will turn 30 before the season is finished uh, this year. And yeah, so you, I, you go back a couple of years, this list was extraordinarily top heavy. I remember us talking about this. Yeah. Well, you, you, you look at the profile now, you got, Exactly half of the team is 22 or under at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's um that's half of your team. So I don't think the Eagles have been in that position for at least six, seven years, you know. Um, as you said, there's four that are 31 and above. Uh, then you add in from 27 to 30, you've got seven players. Mm-hmm. So you've got 11 players there that are 27 and above. And then in the middle from 20 to 26, you got 19 players. I mean, um, 23 to 26, you got 11 players. So you got to have your little mix there and um, just bring in those kids up from the under 22 up to get games into them and showing that clubs, you know, that have gone the rebuild way have taken a bit longer to get going. Right, um, right. But, you know, uh, the, the list changes there, so... Well, and and looking at it, you know, ten of ten of those those players on the list that are twenty two or under, ten of them have at least ten games of AFL experience now as well. Now, yep. should should all of them have had AFL games in their back pocket already? I think you probably would say no to that because you know they're they're you know especially you know two years ago when the injury bug was was so massive. And they were, you know, they were pulling people off the street. You know, I think we, I think we joked about, you know, Adam Simpson having driven through Hungry Jack's drive-through at one time, and you know, seen a kid that was, you know, 
that was, you know, 100, 195 centimeters. And of course, we cannot ask his weight anymore, according to the AFL, and said, hey, you look like you could go for us. Yeah, you could play for us this week. But, uh, you know, it's, as you said, they may take their lumps a little bit this year, but I think this is going to be a more competitive side. Uh, and it is such a proud club that has a, a history of success that even if they take their lumps a little bit more this year and then a little bit less the following year, and then maybe by 26, this is a club that's ready to, you know, jump back into the eight and kind of just cement their position there for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Look, look, you just, you just said some of the games Um, you got, um, what is it? I'm just looking here. I think it's, We've got 20 players that have played 20 games or less. Mm-hmm. So there's half your squad that's played 20 games, half or less, mm-hmm. and nine of them have yet to debut. So that's 10 players that have played the one to 20 games. So, right, right. and some of those players probably wouldn't have, like you said, for COVID and injuries, probably wouldn't have got a chance, but they've been fast tracked a bit. So that can only be a plus for the club. Um, I think. The way they're gone about their list rebuild, there's going to be a, about five more cut at the end of this year. So it's going to be an interesting year to see how they go on the field. And it just depends on which way Adam Simpson, Simpson uh, actually selects his side mm-hmm. because he's been given the backing that he's got two more years. Mm-hmm. But that's just a backing that, you know, will back you to go in there. But if, if, if it's me on the board and you're at round eight and you've got two wins, six losses, and you're playing all your named players, right? Well, then he, he doesn't survive his coaching job. But right, if he's right. playing some of the, if he's playing the younger players that are, you know, not experienced, but they've had a bit of the taste, like your Reuben Jinbees and your Elijah Hewitts and your Noah Longs, and, and then you chuck in the guys that they um, traded, um, drafted this year, like, Harley Reid and all that, you chuck them in, the guy's going to keep his job, even though they're losing games. So it's just going to be interesting on how the fans see how we progress and which way we go. I'm hoping it's the latter, where we're playing a lot more of the younger guys to get more experience into them, because that's what a rebuild is about. Well, And you shouldn't have, to me... It shouldn't matter what your name is. If you're fit enough and you're pushing for that spot, you get uh-huh. regardless if you played one game or 150 games. Now, and I know that this is this is that third rail like they have on the electrified trains and that sort of thing that you don't want to touch because you'll get zapped for touching it. Um, but there is talk this year, and I've I've read a few articles up on Code Sports where you know, you know, Patty Dangerfield kind of heading up the, you know, the players association. Um, and there's, there's discussion about, you know, the possibility of them introducing a mid season trade period as early as this year, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is not the American in me saying, well, what the hell's taking you so long? I'm I'm not trying to change the game. If if they change the game, they change the game. If they don't change it, that's okay. You know, I I I love the idea of of having that that 
you know, month long period after the season to get your list together. And that's what you have to deal with. You know, we talked off air about my, my Cleveland Browns who had so many injuries that they were, they were literally signing guys off of their, their living room couch to come play quarterback for them because they, you know, their quarterback situation was just absolutely decimated this year. They had five different guys that started a quarterback for the, for them this year. But if the, if that trade period were to come in and, and, and they're going with playing these younger guys, these younger players and trying to you know blood them and get them the, the in-game experience to have them fast tracked for 25, 26, et cetera, you know, does a club come and, and again, you know, the player I think has to have some, some say so in this as well, because of the way you're, you know, the AFL is designed, but does a club come calling for an Andrew Gaff? or an Elliot Yo to say, Hey, you know, this, this person could come help us win a premiership this year. And could, you know, this person could maybe, you know, this is at the tail end of their career. Maybe, maybe they, you know, would want to come on board and, and, you know, try to win a flag here. And, you know, the Eagles be able to, you know, add a second round pick or a third round pick or something like that. That's going to help to, to fill that list and strengthen that list for two or three years down the road. Yeah, look, um, it, it's been talked about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's thinking about how they're going to go about it. Right, right. I can't see, I can't see it coming in this year, just because they haven't got the rock solid stuff behind it. Um, when you're looking at it, if you're a Melbourne based team, it's going to work well for them because good point. You're living in Melbourne. Um, a look and a trade, you're not really changing much. You're still staying in your own home. You just go into a different ground to train and stuff like that and play for a different team. It's going to be harder on the interstate clubs there. So like, like you said, if somebody wanted to take an Andrew Gaff, mm-hmm. that I guess that would come down to the player, doesn't it? So right, right. Um, if he's ready to upread himself halfway through a season, um, it's going to have to, there's going to be, have to be contracts in there. I think they have to put down, if you trade somebody he has to be at least given an 18 month contract. So um, I like that idea. You know, you, you're going to have to put some steps in there for it to work. And, you know, just because it, I think the interstate clubs will be hit harder mm-hmm. a bit that way. Um, will somebody from Victoria want to be coming over here? So that's where you got to put some, uh, you gonna it has to be thought out a bit more. It's a right, great, right. great idea. Yeah. Um, players, if the players association are talking about it, the players are in, into it. So, if they didn't want to be into it, that 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 they'd put a stop to it straight away. Player managers are probably rubbing their hands together with this because that's what they've wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. But after talking to a few of them, it's about putting the you know the particulars into into place first without rushing into it. And you know I, I can't see it happening this year, but definitely next year I reckon we're going to start seeing a lot more player movement. Um, and that might the trade off might be that um, your what is it? The um, unrestricted free agency comes down to six years instead of eight years. Okay. So yeah. there's going to be a few trade-offs here and there for it yeah. to happen. I'd love well, to see it happen. Um, yeah, because you can well, be trading future pick draft picks, and like you said, it's been happening in the NFL for years and the yeah. basketball as well. So and but, yeah. it's. It's, you know, it happens and it happens in all the, like the major sports in North America. And like, and again, I, I, I'm, I am, this is not the ugly American saying that, you know, Hey, AFL get with the times. I'm not saying that at all. Um, But, you know, 
it would be in, in a way, as you talked about, you know, the, the regionality of things where, you know, the, the interstate clubs would have a more difficult time. This is, this is where you as an Eagle supporter would, would, if you're wanting to, to rebuild that list, you're having to just, you know, do, you're having to like grit your teeth and just go, God, I hope Fremantle has a pretty successful year while we're rebuilding and they need this guy that we can trade to him and get a draft pick. But God, I hate to say that I want Fremantle to be successful because they may want this player to come in and help us down the road. So there's that, there's that quandary that you would have in a situation like that. So, you know, the crows in Port Adelaide and swans and giants and the lions and the swan or the, the lions and the Suns, you know, and, and you and the Dockers would be, kind of competing with one other going, yeah, I hate you, but I kind of want you to be successful while we're rebuilding because then we could, you know, we could foist this player off on you. I don't think it'd make a difference with Freo and West Coast. I don't think they like talking to each other at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair you know, enough. there's always rumors that this player's going to go there and this player's going to go that. And right, right. I'd, I'd love to see him in a, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on a wall in a room where they're having a, a discussion like that. It'd be interesting. So, um, but yeah, look, they, they, these things are all the inevitable things that should be happening in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. So what if, you know, and, and this is completely off subject, but, uh, you know, we have the, uh, um, the, the, the Tasmanian club likely coming into the comp in what is it? 27 or 28, I believe. Who knows with the, the politics going down in that, uh, part of the world. Um, right, right. Um, that's going to have a big say in it because half one side wants it, other side doesn't. Right. Um, from what I've heard, that you know, Gillan McLaughlin put that it has to be a stadium there, which I thought was a stupid, stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, you know, it's sort of like holding a gun to the head. You 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 get this going, and we'll, we'll do this. But that they didn't make Gold Coast get a, a stadium. They didn't get uh, GWS to get a stadium, you know, so right, had right. to build them because they had them. They got two grounds down there. Look, I hope it works. And because Tasmania, back, back when I was growing up watching footy, they had a great football league and a um, mm-hmm. lot, lot of great players have come out of Tasmania and they still do. So um, I'm hoping they're around by 27, 28. Just, you just want to hope your teams aren't crappy around that time because they'll right. get a lot of concessions. Right. Well, you know, and the reason I was asking that is, that's going to be the 19th club. And, and I would think that there's going to have to be you know, thought about bringing in a 20th club to let, you know, to, cause I don't think they're necessarily going to want to have bye weeks every single week of the, of the, the fixture. Maybe they're okay with that, but I, I would just think that they would not necessarily want to do that. But I was going to ask, you know, what if, you know, with the size of Perth, what about the viability of bringing a third AFL club in Perth? And, you know, would it be one of the waffle sides that would step up and into the, into the breach then? Yeah, look, um, there's a couple of waffle sides that have already put um, parties together to have a look at that situation. Uh-huh. Uh, West Perth is one, which is the team I follow in the waffle. So mm-hmm. um, they nearly went under in the waffle a couple of years ago, but got, um, helped out by a few beneficiaries and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they're up in Junior, which is like another city in Perth. You got Perth in the middle, uh, in the middle of the state and, uh, Junior Lup's probably another 30, 40 Ks to the North. Uh, okay. it's another little city hub. 
So that would probably be the ideal one. You've got Peel Mandra, which is where the Dockers are aligned with at the moment, Peel Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be them or would it be a country team like a Bunbury or something that, that puts in a licence? Look, I, can, I can't see it happening. Uh, you'd at least get one year where everyone's having a buy. Um, but yeah, right, a right. 20th team, a 20th team would come in. Would it be a third team from WA? Would it be a third team from South Australia? Or would it be Northern Territory? Northern Territory sort of play their football. They're playing now, their season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in the off season to us. So right, a lot right. of players that are in the waffle and SANFL and BFL, they go out and play up there. Uh, is that a viable, you know, you know, they'd probably want to take it there to make it truly national. Well, so, I think I think in that case, though, if it went to if it went to to Darwin, I think they would definitely have to look at putting a stadium in place that had a roof on it. I would think. With the, I don't know with the, about that. With the humidity up there, it might not be. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it depends. I, I haven't been up to Darwin in a long time, so um, they they got some beautiful grounds up there. Mm-hmm. That they play out at the moment, TO right, right. So um, you know, that need infrastructure put in there and that um the problem only problem that stops the uh Darwin bit would probably be the demographic of how many people are in that area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um that's probably the only thing that's holding them backwards a bit, but for a truly national competition, that's probably the way you to go. But yeah. I think we'll hear a lot more about it in the next year or two, especially with the Tasmanian team gaining weight. Uh, they're putting a team in an early year in earlier in the year in that year before in the VFL, um, but there's already talk over here that AFL reserves could be in play by then as well. Right, right, yeah, and and I think that'd be great to have the those games kind of be like the curtain raisers for the the AFL games. I think that would be awesome yeah, look, to be able to do that. It would kill the state leagues. That's but yeah. The state leagues. The state leagues are feeder clubs, and, mm-hmm. and that's being honest. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that watch the state leagues that don't follow the VFL, but you know, they're the older demographic. Um, so at the end of the day, if you want to go forward, it's the way it's going to be. And these clubs are just, you know, the under 18s are what feeds the AFL now anyway. So, um. I'd love to see an AFL reserves. Um, like I said, curtain raises. You get, mm-hmm. you have your big list, and you, you go in and you watch it. It's a full day thing. So, right, right. I think in the next five years, you're going to see it happening. It's it would almost, and this is a this is a really bad attempt at humor, but it would almost be like watching Test Footy because you'd be there all day for it. <laughs> yeah, I see you've been getting into the test cricket. So, <laughs> yeah, been watching a lot more T20 than anything. I mean, and, I, and I'm and I'm watching it from all over the world. I mean, I've been watching. Of course, I've been watching all the Big Bash stuff. Uh, I do still have to watch the uh, uh, the the Stars bat from their game with the Renegades the other night. I've not Aaron Finch's last game. I've not, I didn't look at the results of it yet, but I, I watched the Stars. I watched the Renegades bat. I haven't watched the Stars bat yet to see uh, how that one's going to turn out. I'll, I'll watch that one today. And I know there was another game overnight. Um, yeah, Scorchers, Scorchers versus the Heat at opposite yeah, stadiums. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty hot. Yeah. The furnace. Yep. So, you know, I've, I mean, I'm watching, you know, 
T20 cricket, you know, but, but India and Afghanistan and in South <laughs> Africa and, and, you know, Sri Lanka and, and me finding like a, uh, like a, uh, what are, what do they call it? The legends league in India, you know, guys who have, you know, have spent, you know, maybe a, a, a couple too many nights at the pub after the game, you know, who's, <laughs> who's, who's, you know, jumpers don't fit quite as well as the younger players and such, but can still, still whack the hell out of the ball when they, you know, when they get the opportunity to do it. But every ball that rolls into the outfield is going to go for a four because they're never going to catch up to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? And money talks, especially in India with cricket. So yes. I love it. So yeah, and and you know, the thing that I found interesting about that, and I and I I learned this. I spoke with a gentleman who's kind of the marketing director for Major League Cricket here in the U.S., which you know, started last year. Is that he said that you know that that India does not allow their younger players to play in the other leagues around the world until they've decided they no longer want to play in the leagues in India. So and if they divest themselves from the the uh, the IPL, then they yep. can go play elsewhere, but they're not allowed back in the IPL. Yep. Which you know is, you know that's you know, and I guess they don't mind having you know the international players coming because I've seen I'm recognizing a lot of faces. I don't know don't know all the names at all yet, but I'm you know I've seen a lot of people that I go well I've seen I saw that guy playing in Texas and I saw that guy playing in South Africa. It's, it's the same guy. You know, Quentin DeCock yeah. is playing everywhere. You know, it's yep. you know for example, but it's uh. I guess it's, it's protecting it, their own. So um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's a fascinating they're the big, game. They're, they're the big dogs, money wise, in uh, cricket. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. So you know, we we talked about uh, you know the 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 list getting significantly younger. You know, you had some, you know, you know Luke Shuey has re, is retired. Nick Natnui, you know, a, stepped away from the game and, it, and it's unfortunate about him and all of his injuries because, you know, he, these last couple of years of his career, you know, he was, he was on the list, but his, his body just was broken down and was not able to, yeah, it's, to a, compete. it's a shame because he, yeah. he played eight games in the last two years and the two years before that he was best and fairest in the club. Right. Right. Back to back. Yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, but you know, he's big Fijian boy. Mm -hmm. Um, big upper body, uh, not so big down the bottom, and uh, you know, yeah, the injuries just catch up you father time, as I call it. Um, Bunga Hearn, you know, he probably could have played another year, Hearn, mm -hmm. but you know, he saw the he saw the future where the club's got to go 333 games. Um, Shui, yep, look, you know, he he wanted to go, but he, he knew his body's not gonna hold up. Yeah. And a few of the older boys like this year are going to have those same questions. Um, does McGovern keep playing if he keeps getting injured? He played, I think, 15 in the last two years. Um, Elliot Yo's played something like 27 games in four years, or right, three years, right. whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the big questions coming ahead for these guys that are reaching the you know the older age of 30 which is ludicrous to me because it's only it's still young but i guess in today's football you know it's all about exactly, yeah. how young you are how fit you are it, it it's uh and and as you said at the outset you know you have such you know a a, a an age profile that is that is is skewing young that you know the club is is going to take a different set of lumps this year. I think, you know, they, the last two years, 
you know, you, you had, you know, massive amount of injuries, you know, we talked about that, you know, and you, you know, you started the process of bringing in the younger players and playing them with more regularity last year because you wanted to, not necessarily because you had to. Um, and, you know, they got, they got blooded. They got that game experience, you know, at the highest level. Um, and I think that's going to continue this year. And as you said, they, they may struggle to, to string together a significant number of wins, but yeah, I think you're expecting to see a few more than what you saw last year. Yeah, look, definitely. Um, you know, for me to, for the club to go forward, they have to win double what they did last year, mm-hmm. which is not too many. You know, it's only six games all up. But, um, you know, if I, if, if I, if I want to be an optimist, as you want to, if that's the right word, I want to get at least eight wins, you know, because um, I think they can do it because they've got the healthy nucleus of some really good experience. And you chuck in the younger guys that they've got um, in the last two years, and there's a lot of potential there. So um, they might, uh, what we want to see as an Eagles fan is be them be competitive. Right. And right. this year, uh, there was games we were blowing away in the first quarter. It was the game was finished. Mm-hmm. Um, there's games where they gave up. You could tell. Um, and you know, there's a lot of yeah, every club's got them. Uh, I call them rose cut colored glass um, supporters or blinkered supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't see nothing wrong, and they go, "Oh, they try their best." But when you're getting beaten by a hundred points or 170 points, like you do at the Swans, you're not trying your best at all because there's an easy what you can stop the bleeds some sometimes. And um, you know, as long as they're competitive and they're going out and wearing their colours on their sleeve. Um, you know, that's all we're going to ask for. And, you know, I've, I can see some, uh, probably a couple of big losses, but hopefully they're not a hundred point losses. So, um, but then again, in 2010, the Eagles finished last and then played in the prelim final the next year. Yeah. That's that's a good um, point. It can be done. You look at Collingwood, um, different demographic though, you know, three years ago, they're on second bottom of the ladder, but they, went about the list rebuild differently, trading in players, and they've done really good. Um, oh. But now they're the oldest team in the comp. So you look at the Eagles in 2018 to Collingwood 2018, two different teams. Collingwood are at the top still. They, mm-hmm. they got it right. Uh, they didn't have the injuries, didn't have the COVID uh, problems that the Eagles seem to have, and good luck to them. But yeah. Eagles are where they are because of – things that have happened and hopefully they can string it together and just get some wins on the board. It's going to be an interesting season. Um, they've got a hard start to the season. So it's going to yes, be very they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. They've got, I, word, I had that written down here. You start port GWS to Bulldogs and Sydney out of the gate. And then you get Richmond who, yeah, I think, I think we can, you know, probably agree. Richmond is, in a way, Richmond is kind of in the position that the Eagles were in a couple of years ago, that they're they're facing that rebuild. They've still got a few talented players there that yep. you know, are still hanging on from the premiership seasons that, uh, you know, that have a lot of the, you know, that, that black and gold pride or black and yellow pride. And but will they still have the ability to put the, the, the four points on the board week in and week out? I don't you, think you they can- will. Coach, new coach as well, so right, it's yeah. Interesting with Richmond, um, they're a bit of an unknown, so um, 
and that's probably where Eagles fans are probably uh, looking at the same time. They were saying, well, Richmond's got it and gone and got a new coach. Um, Gold Coast has gone and got it, got Richmond's coach. Um, why aren't we getting a new coach? So they're backing in Simo. He's obviously got the runs on the board, obviously. Um, the players respect him. You know, they say there's a saying that the players sometimes lose a coach, but I mm-hmm. think that's a fallacy. I don't think it's a, a real thing because, you know, the coaches would be gone if they had lost, you know, uh, yep. lost their players. And I know the, that the coaches, gets... would, coaches Go ahead. would know that before anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I know that they, you know, that they're, that gets talked about in sport here in the U S quite a bit, you know, where the, where the club, you know, the, the, the coaches, you know, has lost the, as they say, the coaches lost the locker room that the players are kind of tuned them out. And, and in many ways here, it's a little different, you know, because the, the, the players are, so, they're paid so darn much money in sport here in the U S that, that, you know, I don't, I don't even know how much, you know, that they actually do listen to the coaches. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you know, you got, you got players, you know, people who are players who then go on and end up owning teams later on, yeah. like, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, LeBron James will probably do that after he steps away from the game here, whenever that happens, you know, his, I did see that his, his son played his first college basketball game last night and missed all seven shots that he took. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, not, yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, and you know. But I've always said, if um, if you're an elite sportsman, and you know, um, people don't realize that these guys just don't turn up on their day and play. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of hard work, and there's a saying: hard work pays off. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, they might be earning millions of dollars, but they're out there training. And um, Right, right. I, I I tell juniors in my son's sports and stuff like that. You know, do you think these players get this get to this spot because they miss training or they don't come to training for three weeks, or three days a week? You know what I mean. If you want to earn the big bucks, you've got to put in the hard yards. Yep. And I'd take my hat off to anyone that can earn that much money. But like you said, sometimes there is too much money. And when do you start tuning out from the coach? Yeah, I don't think we got that in the AFL at the moment, but. You never know. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, I, I have a one a quotation hanging up in my classroom uh, from Kevin Durant, who plays in the NBA. That uh, the the line is, you know, hard hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. Yeah, classic. Yeah, but you know, like it, it, it and that line makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, because you know you you see, you know, in in pretty much every sport you could probably go and and point out you know an athlete whether it's a team sport or an individual sport where you look you look at that athlete and you go yeah they don't look like they're that great of an athlete but they absolutely work their butt off and they and they work harder than anybody else to achieve the success that they've had um you know and i i i remember you know I, I teach high school and I remember a kid that, that I had as a student um, and he graduated from high school probably 20 years ago. And he certainly was, you know, he played basketball at the school. He was not, you know, they were a decent basketball team when he was there. He was not the best player on the team, but he was, you know, from when you go watch him, he, you know, he would outwork everybody else. And when he, 
he was the kind of kid that when the coach, you know, put him in the game, he was basically there to make sure that the other team's best player didn't score. And he would, yeah. he, he would, you know, he would go out there for five or six minutes at a time and he would basically climb inside that other kid's Jersey. And that kid was not going to get a shot off. You know, he was, he was stuck to him and that was his role. He went out there and that kid, you know, when he was on the floor, that kid was not going to score. They were going to have to find their point somewhere else. And then he'd come off for a few and then he'd come back in and do it again. And, you know, and again, this is not a kid that he's not, you know, in the, you know, in the history books or the annals of the school where I teach, but he's somebody I re I remember more than just about any other basketball player we've had in our school district. Well, every, every team needs role players and that's what yeah. you're talking about. So, yeah. And you know, you just look at the AFL. You know, you got you, you got your stars, but you look at the way Richmond won their flags. You look at the way Eagles won their flag in 2018. You look even at how Collingwood did it. It mm -hmm. wasn't the stars that won it. It was the role players that won it for them. So, right, you know, right. star players are going to get the ball and all that. Yeah, but it's always the role players. Without those role players, your team's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I there's there's a guy that I that I and I always talk about him. You know, he's not a superstar. But he is a player that does, that works his tail off, you know, every second of that he's out there. You know, Brody Majacek from Collingwood. I would love to have Brody Majacek play on my team because he works so darn hard. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot like, you know, Mark Blitzass with the Cats, you know, who is just, you know, getting in there, you know, getting dirty you know not you know not afraid to you know stick his nose into into places and such you know um you know i didn't i didn't watch the the game long enough of like a joel selwood's career you know selwood seemed to be an awful lot like that as well where he didn't you know you know maybe they just like to bandage him up you know preemptively to make him look like you know like he'd been in the in the battles already maybe did he already did he already come out with a tape on his head before the game or that sort of thing I think he was born with tape on his head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, every team would have killed for a Joel Salwood. So, um, you know, like you said, they're the guys that go, you go into battle and there's the guys, mm -hmm. guys you follow. So you, you said Brady Meyer check, you know, he might not be, if he's not kicking goals, he's taking the full back out of the, out of the contest. So, right, um, right. Um, you know, these guys go unheralded. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, that's where Eagles got to find these young role players that are going to be coming up soon. You know, they've got a lot of uh, top end draft picks now, but they got to find they got diamonds in the rough, like Brady Hoff last year. Um, mm -hmm. Transformation, seeing him from two years ago is unbelievable. Um, so there's players like that, uh, you know, that need to do their role, and that the other yeah. ones to step up, and they're the people that'll be. You know, like the Brett, old Brad Shepherds of the Eagles and stuff like that that did their job week in, week out. Tommy Cole, you could name heaps of players in teams that do it. So, right. So, you know, looking at, um, I'm glad you brought up the draft because I did want to get into that. Um, and, and, and I know the club had that, um, that coveted number one pick and, you know, it, you know, it turned into, um, you know, you know, Har you know the, Mass the Harley, Har <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Harley Reed, who, you know, everybody's expecting to be, you know, the, you know, next great thing, if you will, which, and, and he probably will become a, a terrific player. Um, 
Were you in the camp of let's just take Harley Reed and and run with it? Or were you somebody who thought, you know what, we could parlay this pick into maybe two first rounders, a couple second rounders, and maybe three first round picks where we could put in three, you know, solid players from WA who are not going to want to, you know, run back to their home state after. And I'm not saying Reed is, has any intent in doing that, but, but I know that there have been players that have done that. You know, I, I look at, you know, you know, uh, you know, Tanner Bruin from, you know, that's now with the cats who, you know, spent the first couple of years with the giants yeah. and you know, that, I mean, you, you know, you look at, and I remember when he got drafted and, you know, when he got drafted by the giant, it, you know, it's, you know, the, the imagery of the, of that, of his face, when he got drafted, it looked like, you know, you know, Gil comes up there and announces that he's picked and looks like somebody shot his dog. Yeah, um, you know, I, rem- I remember it well because yeah. I watched him because he was a West Coast fan and I was hoping mm-hmm. he would go to the West Coast, but Giants got him. Um, yeah, look, um, to answer your question, um, at the start of the year, I was, I, I went back and forth a few times during the year. So, because I love watching the under-18s and Harley Reid the year before was an underage and he stood out then. So, mm-hmm. People started talking about him, but um, because the Eagles, and I think it started off with Kane Corns a lot on SEN, and as everything does, as few a few others <laughs> where, um, you know, if he if let's just be put it to this way, if it was North Melbourne and Hawthorne, um, finishing last and second last, mm-hmm. I don't think you would have had the hysteria that this caused, like. Oh, North Melbourne's going to give up number one because they'll get extra picks, you know, uh, blah, 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 or because Hawthorne could come in and do this. But because it was West Coast and their interstate club, he's Victorian. I sort of didn't buy into that because when I first looked at him, I looked from where he was and he was in country Victoria. Mm-hmm. So straight away, if he was a city Victorian player, I probably would have had reservations and tried to get pick two and three out of. Uh, North Melbourne, because that's all that Eagles wanted. They wanted pick two and three. Right, right. You know, they're not, not going to give him up for pick two, 17, 15, and 19. They're not going to do it. Um, yeah. And that, they said that all along. North Melbourne knew that was going to happen. When I look at Eagles' draft profile and when they draft Victorians, Gippsland Power, they've taken four players from there. Bendigo Pioneers, they've taken three players from there. They've got uh, 13 players interstate on their list. Seven of those players are from Victoria country. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a couple of others there. I think there's one, two that are just on the outskirts. So when they the media was going, oh, he's going to come home factor, I'm going, well, he's actually gone away from his home just to go to Melbourne because he's living 200 Ks away from Melbourne. He's That's a great point. That's a great, so, yeah. And I think the Eagles... Um, Recruiters don't get enough pat on the backs for the way they draft. And um, talking to a couple of them in the last couple of years and all that, I, I can sense where they look at, where, where they're looking in to draft people there. They're looking more at the guys that are more country players, mm-hmm. um, you know. And Harley Reid, you know, if he goes back in, say, three, he's got to stay for three years now. Um right. And they Eagles can't offer him another contract until round six, as that's the new rule that's come in. So if he doesn't sign and he goes back, the Eagles are going to get two first round draft picks anyway 
in return or even more. Because That's a fair, he's, yeah. made, he's well, made a name for himself. So it was yeah. a win-win situation. Ever either way Eagles went. That's a good Everyone point. thought they'd split it because they split their number two pick the year before. Uh-huh. And you know what? Um, you know, that worked and they got Reuben Jinby and they got Elijah Hewitt, two players along with Reed that are going to be the future of the Eagles. Um, that a few clubs tried to get Daniel Curtin in the draft mm-hmm. with another pick, and the Eagles probably were a little bit shorthanded when they wanted to do that hoping that Adelaide wouldn't you know outbid them and that's what happened um and they tried again to get another guy in the top 10 in that caddy so they, they had a throw at the stump so uh, yeah look you know I I, I I both ways and in the end I was probably leaning towards keeping pick one and just going with the best talent and uh you know, it's 1996 was the last time the Eagles had a, a number one draft pick. So um, it's been a long time coming. So, and who and who was that, if I may ask? You had Drew Banfield and Michael Gardner. They were the last two were the only draft picks Eagles have had. So that was Michael Gardner. Okay. okay. And before that was uh, Drew Banfield. So, um, you know, they're, they're the number one draft picks for the Eagles. So um, <laughs> if he can live up to the heart, you know, one of them was a a dual premiership player. So if he can live up to half of what those guys did, we're all better for it. But, you know, he's come in with a young list, you know, younger players that have come in that they've drafted Archer Reed, which he was touted to go in the top 20, he went at 30. And then you got Campbell Chesser a couple of years ago in the first round with Elijah Hewitt Reed. Um, Noah Long's come on. He was picked 58 last year's draft and he played 19 games last year. So, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the number in the draft doesn't necessarily mean you're the best either, does it? Because, you know, pick 58, Some... how many players have picked 58 got 19 games last year? I don't Good think point. there was too many around that end of their draft that got 19 games. And he earned every game and he didn't get gifted them. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point, and you know it's uh, you you know you 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 laid out a great case for why they should hang on to to that pick, and and like you said, you you know, worst case scenario, you're gonna get you're gonna get you know three years, uh, yeah, and you know of Harley Reed. And if he decides to go back to the state of Victoria, not go home, but if he decides he wants to get closer to home, if you will, then then you're going to be able to recover, you know, picks as a result of that. Then, um, you know, if if not, you know, and if, of course, and I'm not, I I don't even want to speculate, but yeah, you know, they could they could probably even trade him for more than that if 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 they wanted, you know, if a certain club wanted to say, you know. We want to specific. We want to make sure we have this this player on our list. You could probably extract more picks from him or for him at that point in time. But he's not even suited up for a game for your club yet. We're not talking about you know, yeah. That's you know, he's going to be I, phenomenal for your side. I I'm I'm pretty he confident. Was, he was a Geelong supporter. So if he wanted to go back to Geelong. I just want to send a message out to Stephen Wells. Karma <laughs> comes around and bites you in the ass sometimes. So if you do want him, you're going to have to pay up big for him. <laughs> well, that's uh, so you you mean we're not? It's not going to end up being one of those uh, those trades like we had uh, last year with Gold Coast, where 
you know, they sent along a, you know, they sent along a player and a second, you know, a player and a first round pick, and we sent back a second round pick. Yeah, look, uh, you got to hand it along there. They, they got that in really good. Um, they did very yeah, good. Yeah, for Jack Bowes. That's on why that rules one. get changed, but <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that happened. You know, that I mean, that was definitely a salary dump. I mean, that that happened. You know, we were talking about the Browns, the Cleveland Browns off air. That happened about six years ago for them, where they traded a. Uh, they traded a fourth, I think it was a fourth round pick in the draft to, I think it was the Denver, no, it was it was actually the Houston Texans who just beat them yesterday uh, for a quarterback who was being paid way too much money. So they took the quarterback and his big salary, knowing that they had a lot of space in their salary cap, but then they got a second round pick as well, um, which that pick turned out to be uh, their their running back Nick Chubb, who was one of those players that got hurt in the second week of the year this year, that could ill afford to have lost him. Yeah, uh, yeah. sucks when that happens. Oh, it it absolutely does. So you're you're hoping to, as you said, to at least double up the win total from three to six, and if you can get to eight, that would be that would be ideal. Um, yeah, yeah, I I did look. You know, last year. You play GWS round two. This year, you play GWS round two. Who's to say the same thing can't happen again this year? Yep, no, that's it. Yeah. You know, um, if you can bank your wins early, it's good. It makes it a lot easier on you. Um, but like, like we said at the start of the program, they have got a hard draw at the start. So the first mm-hmm. six, seven games, um, you know, it's going to test them. But as long as they can stay competitive, um, you know, if they could go four and four there, that'd be an ideal. I can't see that happening. I reckon it's going to be three and five probably at the, at the, at the, at the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, anything can happen in football. Um, you know, clubs yeah, that have I... been touted to be top eights and they don't make the top eight. So, you know what I mean? Um, they fall off the cliff. So, and Eagles are showing how quickly you can fall off a cliff because two years ago, they're in finals, so right, right. This is the way it well, goes. Well, let, let's 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 look at that terminology. Did they did they fall off a cliff, or did they jump off a cliff? Because you well, know, because well, they well, because they you know, I think you'll agree that they needed they needed to get a younger list profile. So they they I think they've had, they've had to do what they had to do in order to rebuild the list. I mean, you could have kept backfilling it and bringing in older players to try to continue to go back to finals and, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe win a first round final, maybe make a prelim, but, you know, possibly not have enough to get to, you know, to a grand final. I think they tried to do that when they got Tim Kelly, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, They bought Tim Kelly in thinking, let's give it another throw at the stumps. Um, we brought Jermaine Jones along with him, uh, Alex Wiverton at the same time. And they're probably thinking, you know, we've got a bit more into us. They go in there and, you know, Alec, um, Tim Kelly wasn't expecting Alec Yeo to be missing three quarters of the year. Wasn't expecting Luke Shuey to be missing three quarters of the year. Right, um, right. You know, and straight away it starts snowfall, uh, you know, and th- these things start happening pretty quickly. Um, they went into the COVID season with the wrong attitude. Um, and, you know, footy's played, and as at most sports, footy's played above the shoulders. It's all about your thought process. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
So I think they tried to do that top up thing there and it didn't work. So they said, no, let's do it. But, you know, they were half hearted at it. They didn't go all in. So, you know, um, but in the last two years, they've bought, well, we bought in a Ruckman. So we had a Ruckman last year. He was more of a forward ruck. And, you know, at the first three, four games, uh, fans were calling for Bailey Williams' head. They're saying this guy's got nothing. He hasn't got it, but he's next part of the season was as astronomically better it mm-hmm. was brilliant um he stood up and he was what you know uh finished uh, in the top six one 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 vote out of the top five in the club ferris and best so but they've with nick gone they they know they're short in the ruck so they had to they, they got matt flynn from the giants and you know he, he was unlucky he got injured at the wrong time last year couldn't right, get back right. into into the team um so he's a good pickup for the Eagles. Eagles picking up Tyler Brockman. So they're they're sort of trying to bring in some players, but they're not bringing in the older older players. They're bringing in guys who got a bit more mature bodies, still young enough that will be around for a, quite a while, like Tyler Brockman, um, and you know Jaden Hunt last year from Melbourne. You know, yeah, it's, Danny it's he got it. You know, he uh, come in because he couldn't get a game. Yeah, it is. Uh... I'm looking at uh okay I was I was just trying to figure out where the the town that that Matt uh, Flynn was from and it's it's from he's from New South Wales. So I didn't know if if there was that draw to bring him home to WA or not cuz that was not a town that I was familiar with. Narendera is the name now of the he town. Had, um, he had a few options to look mm-hmm. at and um I think who was the other I can't remember who the other team was. Um, but they already had a couple of Ruckman on the list. So I think he looked at number one draft pick uh, spots. He, he he got drafted in, I think, something like 2016. And it took him a few years to get a, a game at the Giants. Mm-hmm. And um, I can tell you, actually, when he got drafted, uh, Matty Flynn, he got drafted, yeah. Number 41 in 2015. He didn't debut till 2021. Wow. So he probably he probably looked at the Eagles and said, "Well, look, this is the best chance I've got. Um, you know, I'm getting to the peak of you know the Ruckman and the taller guys, as they say, don't really get mm-hmm. their peak until they're 27, 28, which is what he is. He's 27, I think, at the moment. So um, yeah, he's 26 at the moment. So he turns 27 this year. So he's probably thinking, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot here, and I'm going to be the number one draft pick. But he's going to. I went down a train. He's going to have to work hard for it." Because mm-hmm. uh, the Eagles got a few little, a few ruckmen on the list, but they're all young, pretty raw. But this is a chance for Matt Flynn to probably. And he look, I saw him play against the Eagles last year in his first nine games with GWS. I thought he played pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think the Eagles are laughing that they got him for free as well because he was an unrestricted free agent. So yeah, and that's if you can if you it's can a add hit. a. If you can add somebody like that, that that brings value to the club at, at that at that, you know, ridiculously low price, if you will, you're definitely going to want to do that. Yeah, and 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 there's and and it was a it was a good situation for him because he sees the opportunity. You know that if if he's healthy and if he you know, if he if he puts in the work and and you know out competes you know the, his you know his competition for the spot, then he's got a really good shot at, at you know dressing up for the. For the AFL contest rather than the in the you know the the waffle contest then, um, and, so- and the AFL clubs are, if if they go on the um the way they were playing last this last season they were only using one ruckman so 
Um, so Good he's point. got, you know, that's where he's got to go. He's got to be the number one draft picks, um, number one um, Ruckman. If he, that's what he's able. Right, right. So, you know, you you're looking six to eight wins. What are the what are the things that uh, that are going to be indicators? And I'm going to ask you both the the what's going to be an indicator of of a successful season. And what are the things you're going to look out for where you're going to go, okay, this is not going as planned. So let's start, let's start with the glass half full. What are the things you're going to be watching for this year that are going to tell you, okay, this club is definitely going in the right direction. Well, for that to happen, they have to play the youth more. So they have to play. So your name player, like Jamie Cripps, isn't a walk-up start. Um, you know, Jack Darling, you're not a walk-up start. You, 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 big name players, Andrew Gaff, you're not a walk-up start. So mm-hmm. you got to earn your spot. So that's one key indicator. If they're, they're playing good in pre-season, in the pre-season games, all for it. But um, I want to see youth pushed as much as possible, at least, you know, um, in the midfield, because that's where games are won in the midfield. And you got to give exposure to our younger list. And seeing half the list is younger. So um, that's the key indicator I want to see that you know we've just pushed the youth and if we're competitive in games that's all that matters but if we're going to go in with an older list and play the name players and we're still going to get flogged well then it's not going to be a good season it's going to be a long season right right so do you how do you how do you think players like um you know Jamie Cripps and Andrew Gaff are mentally preparing for the the reality that they may not be in the 22 week in and week out. Well, I think they would have already had their discussions with the coaches mm-hmm. already. And if the coaches are being honest to the player and the club, they would have been saying, look, you know, you guys have got the runs on the board, but they're just not going to get you the game this year. So, you know, um, you, you'll be on the in the top 26 when we sit down for pre-season and we do this and we do that. Right. But like Andrew Gaff, you know, last year he probably carried an ankle injury all year, played every game. He's not the same player as he used to be because he, the games got quicker. He's not a quick player, but mm-hmm. he's an acute, he's an accumulator. But instead of playing him in three or four different positions, say you're going to play this role and that's your role. And last year he was exposed a lot. Gone to live games. I saw he get exposed a lot. They went for him and they got the rebound on him and he couldn't chase. Um, Jamie Cripps, now look, he's he's he scored an average a goal a game, or just over a goal a game mm-hmm. in his career. 228 games for 284 goals. He's regarded as one of the best defensive forwards, but the games I saw last year, I think that it went away from him. So if he can find that, he's going to be first pick. But I just don't think, you know, with the club going forward, he's, what, 31, I think, this year. So, you know, you got to be real as well, you know what I mean? Um, true, true. If I'm those sort of players, if I'm not getting a game, I want to be the teacher to the guys in the waffle. Um, And he's not the only one. You got to – all the guys that are 31 should be on notice to say – Yep, you've got us to where we are now, but you're, well, this is the future. If you want to be part of the future, you've got to put up 
Yeah. Are you going to be part of the next grand final team? Probably not. So that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, they may, maybe they, maybe they have an outside shot of being, you know, the next on the next club that plays finals, but maybe not the grand final. That's maybe. It. Yeah. So it just comes down to stepping stone, <clears throat> um, teaching younger players. Um, you, you need experience in your team. I'm not saying to get rid of all your experience because if you go in too young, you're going to get slaughtered. Um, right. Right. And sometimes last year, the Eagles went in with young teams and they got slaughtered. So you're going to have to have a bit of a mix. So, but the younger players have to earn it as well. So there's a few players on the list that I want to see step up this year. You know, they come in with great raps at their talent. They're a top, they're a first round draft pick. They've got good talent like Campbell Chesser. I want to see you do it on the football field instead of being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some other players like Luke Edwards that Luke Edwards, uh, Josh Rotham, um, to name a couple, they're, they're two guys at Zane True. You know, they're, they're guys that are on the list, they've got a spot, and this year you got to take it because if you don't, you're not going to be on the list at the end of the year. You got to take your 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 moment. And you know, last year I guess there was if there wasn't that mindset where we're going to play those players, but this year the coach has to take responsibility. And you know, if they these guys are playing good in the waffle, he's got to he's got to play them in the AFL. Right. Well, and Zane true for people that know listen to our pod uh the Eagle Nation podcast in the last few rounds of the Waffle, he was burning it up, but he couldn't get a game in the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Luke Shuey got <clears throat> injured that he got a game. But then they waited for half a game to bring him on. Now, to me, that's I just don't understand that from a coaching point of view. You if know you what I mean? The, if you got the young kid that you're trying to get some game experience, yeah, just and you, you sit him in the him in for, half, for half a game, right? And right. then he comes out in one quarter and he has um, ten possessions, and he had more possessions than four or five goals in the whole game, and then he got dropped the week later. So to me, that's um, and hopefully we don't see it this year. You know, you, you just right. got to back in some of these youths. And they, look, they did it in 2017 and 2018, Craig. 2018, right. no one picked the Eagles to play in the finals or a grand final for that matter. And they they had eight debutants that year. Mm-hmm. People forget they had eight debutants. So we had six or seven last year, but it showed you the experience wasn't there because they were all injured. So. so would, you know, and as you said, there was the, there was the debate you know, in terms of whether or not Adam Simpson should have returned this year as the, uh, as the senior coach. Um, do you think, and this is, you know, speculation on your part, but do you think that he is the coach of the Eagles the next time they play in the finals? Oh, it's a, it's a really, really hard question to answer. Um, personally, I don't think he will be. But then, if he turns around this year, then mm-hmm. it makes me look like a fool. So, but um, you be, but you would certainly be okay with looking like a fool if the club turns it around. You you'd certainly put on the little jester hat and and go oh, out yeah. and dance in front of everybody and be completely happy with that. I know. Yeah. Look, when all the it started, you know, the club were half hearted. They weren't coming out, and you know, I, I felt for Adam Simpson. He goes, "Look, where do I stand? Mm-hmm. I, I'm contracted, but have I got a contract? Have I got your backing?" And the club were quiet for two weeks. And to me, I thought, this guy's a dead man walking. 
Um, yeah. You know, uh, he's gone. But, and, you know, you talk with other supporters, you talk with people connected to the club, and you sit there and you go, who else is out there that could, you don't know he can do a better job because it's 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 a prediction, isn't it? So, um, I look, I think that because he, he got the runs on the board, if he hadn't won the flag in 2018, he wouldn't be the coach now. That's a fair point. I think I think you're probably right there on that. I think so in fact, I'm sure you're you right. Yeah. At, you just got to look at the magpies for right. Buckley, you know. Um, so he's got that. He's got the runs on the board. So look, he's got. He has to change his philosophy because if he goes in with the same philosophy he has in the last two years, he's 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 gone. So, um, well, maybe that and, discussion has occurred already. Maybe, maybe he has been told yeah. by the, 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 the leadership in the front offices that this, you know, you're going to stay as senior coach, but you will also be doing these types of things, or you will not be the senior coach much longer. But then he's got a new CEO in Don Pike who, mm-hmm. uh, used to be the Adelaide coach. Yeah. And two thousand. No, no, no. Was he? Was he at? Yeah, he was Adelaide's head senior coach, wasn't he? Yep. And yeah. And two thousand and fifteen, he was assistant coach to Adam Simpson. Ah uh-huh. ha. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, I think that might work in Adam's favour actually, because having a CEO that's been in that position, mm-hmm. especially, might be a bit more sympathetic to him. Um, but it could work the other way as well. Um. But to me, as a coach, I'd be saying um, to Don Pike, you're the CEO, you're not the coach. So you do your role, I do mine, but back me when I need it. And it's going to be interesting how that plays out with uh, Trevor Nisbet stepping down as of tomorrow. So Don Pike starts his, um, on the 15th of January, start. So it's going to be a new era there. So that's wow. something to look forward to. So, um what is your and and you may be ready to put this out on on your your own show but what do you have a bold prediction that you want to make about the eagles for 2024 do you want to do you want you have something that you want to plant your flag and say i think this is going to happen and and some folks just may be looking at you going what are you nuts <laughs> yeah look bold predictions i don't know what to say about the eagles um look i can uh i can say I can go out on a limb and say Simo proves everyone wrong. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> that, you know, um, he, he could prove everyone wrong. You know, he, he might be seeing someone that everyone else can't see. So um, that'd be my bold, bolder statement. Um, okay. And Harley, Harley Reed for Rising Star, but I don't think that's such a big, uh, I think he's odds on to do that. So, you know, that wouldn't be such a bold statement if he, if that actually happened, but, well, do you worry about, do you worry about, and and again, this is me on the outside looking in, but I know I hear this talked about all the time, but do you worry about the, the quote unquote Vic bias when it comes to the rising star thing? Uh, look, it's, it's interesting how, look, the people that vote for it, it to me, it's, they don't watch every game. Mm-hmm. And they've come out. Some of them have said they can't watch every game. So how can they vote on someone like that? You know what I mean? I think they need to have five guys that actually sit down and watch every game and see how it goes. Um, a lot of them, yep. <laughs> I watched quite a lot this year. I missed only a few, but like you said, um, you know what I mean? Um, 
and it all goes down uh, the way it, you know it worked you get your nominations and then it comes down to them picking the top five, best five so right right whatever the media is pushing in the background it, it's uh, i just think it's i think the, the better ones are done by the peers from the players themselves mm-hmm. but then even then people say a lot of the players they don't really give it too much thought either they just go and put a couple of names down and done so you know, you know, hats off to the people that win it. And usually, you know, they're, they're not too far off the mark, are they, really? When you look at all the rising stars, most of them have become stars of the competition. So uh, I don't think there's too many that haven't become genuine superstars of the game. Yeah. So I was I was I was waiting for you to just to to proclaim that the Eagles were going to finish higher on the ladder than the Dockers. That's I, I was waiting to hear that from you there, but <laughs> Oh look! <laughs> I know the boys in purple rain. I don't know if you got them coming on or whatever. Um, I do. I have to set. But, up, I haven't set up a time for them yet. But yes, we're gonna hopefully sit down and chat with them. Well, they 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 is gonna be interesting because it looks like from if you look from afar that their coach is under more pressure than the Eagles coach, which shouldn't be the shouldn't be the the way. But that's the way the media runs in this state. Um. And the Eagles are probably sitting back a bit now saying, oh, good, they're not talking about us. They're putting all the pressure on Longmuir mm-hmm. um, as a coach. Look, end of the day, they should have played finals last year. But I think them losing five players to other clubs is a big loss. And people don't realise how big these role players play in their teams. And it proved this year that they just they missed it. And now they've lost Lockie um, Schultz. To Collingwood, mm-hmm. that's a massive blow for Colling uh for Fremantle. Um, so they're gonna have to hope that um uh, Nathan Fife and uh Sonny Sonny Walters uh, stand up up forward or they gotta find some other small forward to kick some goals. So looking a far look, I think Dockers should finish just outside the eight or in the eight. Mm-hmm. Um if 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 the Eagles finished above Fremantle there, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be a Fremantle fan. <laughs> and I, and, well, you wouldn't want to be a Fremantle fan anyway, but that's <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, you know, um, because yeah, they, 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 you know, they had a few big mouths this year, and you know, Karma's can come back and bite in their ass, but I just can't see that happening. Um, they got a good list there, a few years, you know, if they don't lose any more players, they should be all right, but mm-hmm. they've got to stop losing players, yeah. And, and they that, don't lose, they've lost 20 players in something like four years. And that gets that, and that gets amazing. back to that gets back to you know players wanting to get back to you know in some cases to their home state if you will I mean I think you know you see a lot of those folks that are that are heading you know but most of them that are leaving Craig are WA play, based players so why wouldn't they come to the Eagles well they wouldn't come to the Eagles well, well <laughs> but, yeah I mean you know you know. Rory I guess they're unre- if they're unrestricted free agents, yeah. But no, but some of their players that left, like Griffin Logue, um, mm-hmm. um, Liam Henry this year, uh, Rory Love, they're all West Australians. Um, Blake Akers, they're all West Australians, and it, it's just unheard of WA players because most of these players come, you know, they've had a lot of players come back to Fremantle from other Victorian clubs and then leave again. Jesse Hogan, right? Um, it's I don't know. There's something going on at their club. I, I don't know because I don't really care about Fremantle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they've got to stop losing players. Well, I, 
I have I have thought ever since Rory Lobb dyed his hair, um, <laughs> I I thought he looked like I you know I could I could go downstairs and I could you know and it it would probably have to be it wouldn't be in the uh, the Sean Connery era or probably the Roger Moore era. I'd be having to get into like Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan and pull out a random. James Bond film and he would look like villain number three, you know, in one of those in one of those films. <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh, classic. That is classic. Um so, so the season comes to to an end this year for the Eagles, and they they close out the year at Cardinia Park against the Cats. Um if I'm not, I think that's I'm correct on that. Yeah, they they go to they go on yeah, twenty yep. roughly the twenty third of August there that weekend. Um, what is the the headline in the? Uh, it's the West Australians, the major paper, correct? Yeah, that's the only paper in so, WA. Okay, so what's the what's the headline in the paper about the Eagles the the day after or the week after the the season ends? Well, it depends on if they, if they have a shocking year, they're going to say 12 months too late. That'll be the headline. Okay. Or if they have a great year, it's going to say, like I said, Simo, Simo knew something that we didn't. So um, it's all going to come down to how their win-loss ratio, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And the papers are like that. Frio copped it for years. West Coast copped it for the last couple of years over here. So biased uh, newspaper media in WA. Um, so yeah, just depends on your winners and losses, I guess. So, okay, okay, the cattery, it's not not a place. I Eagles have only won once there, and you know, that was from a 54 point comeback. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it I, I did, yeah, I did try to watch. Uh, I know they they had one BBL game that was scheduled to be played there this year, and I guess they got too much rain. Um, uh, and I, yeah, and I, I, I read an article on Code Sports yesterday about uh, the 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 different um, types of pitches that they have on the different cricket grounds in terms of whether or not they're ones that get lifted in and set into place, or if they're ones that are actually there year round and they they you know they just play footy on top of those that are there, and it's 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 kind of fascinating because yeah, I because I know it's a, I know it's a different type of surface, and I would think you'd have to be very careful with, you know, having a, you know, a significantly different type of surface like that in, in like the midfield of, of, uh, of a footy ground, because it could, you know, could maybe lead to some injuries that you you wouldn't want to see. Happening. Well, I did. That's why they brought in the, um, with your major grounds like the MCG, mm-hmm. um, yeah, at, at the Cattery up to say, well, they're all dropping pitches. So, that you know, because when they get dry, they're hard as a rock. Um, right, right. It would lose a lot of skin. People would break arms. Back in the day, when they didn't have that technology, the last thing you wanted to do was play on a really dry cricket ground. When it was wet, it was like a quagmire. So yeah. that's why you have dropping pitches these days. And well, um, that's one of the that's one of the reasons what we talked about off air about what I wanted to do during that that fourth week that I am planning on being in Australia, still negotiating with my wife. Um, but, uh, there's a, a local footy club in Tasmania that 
their oval is gravel. They don't play on grass. They play on gravel. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of ovals like that around the world. I mean, around wow. Australia. But but, um, but I mean, they're they're playing footy on it, not cricket. They're playing footy on yeah. gravel. My yeah. first ever game of football was on a gravel oval in the country. Wow. And um, yeah, it's a different game. Um, and you know, some players, players didn't even have boots on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy cow! So, um, it's a different game. You didn't see much tackling. It was very football smarts, but I was only young. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of grounds like that around still these days. Uh, in the Northern Territories, quite a lot up north in Western Australia. There's quite a lot of those grounds, mm-hmm. and it's a different game of football. It's more skill base instead of you don't you don't see too much tackling you see okay. a lot of high flying marks and stuff like that but it's yeah. just a different game of football okay so before we wrap up are you ready for a little bit of eagles trivia well yeah why not i don't know how i'll go this year <laughs> okay well i um who did i sit down with i oh i sat down with uh terry Degani from blue abroad uh and he he absolutely crushed the uh the carlton um questions so you know everybody's done yeah this is this is my fourth one that i've done and i and everybody's done pretty well so far so i don't i don't know if i'm making the questions too easy uh but uh so here's your first one these six players averaged more than 20 disposals a game for the eagles last year and they all played at least 13 games oh jesus cross no he he he, he, he he only had he only had 19 and a half uh <laughs> <laughs> oh that's classic oh averaging 20 uh-huh so i've got to work out who played most of the games oh so i know oh god he played most of the games last year I'm trying to think who he played most of the games to give me a go on there 20 possessions it can't be a forward so because I don't think they would have got it down there that much. Well, I, w- I will tell you, Sh- Shannon Hearn was the one that played 13 games. So right, everybody right, else, so everybody else played more than him. I'll, so I'll give you the, I'll give you the first. So Shannon Hearn was one. I'd say um, Tim Kelly was another one. Mm-hmm. I'd say Liam Duggan was one. Yep. Uh, that's three. I'm gonna go. Tommy Barras, but I don't know if he's another one. He is not. He's not. Alex Wiverton? Also not. Really? All right. Really? So that shuts me out the door a bit. Um, I can't remember how many. Dom Sheed for the amount of games that he averaged yes, 20. He did. All right. Um, they didn't have to actually play all the games. Hmm. Jermaine James? Uh, nope. You've got Kelly. You've got Sheed. You got Hearn. You know, Witherden did. I'm sorry. You mentioned Witherden. He did. Yeah, Witherden. Okay. Um, and one finished more. on 20 on the nose. 20 even. And played tw- played Jayden. all 23 games. Jaden Hunt? Mm-mm. Oh, I can't think of it then. He was I can't a, remember who played. It was Andrew Gaff. Andrew Gaff. With yeah, 20, he, had tw- he? he had 20 even per game, yes. Jeez. Yeah. And he was the last one then. Yeah, he was the last one, yep. All right. Okay, so 
this this player led the club with 90 almost 95.8% time on ground last year. So he was out there almost all the time. Uh Jack Darling. Mm-mm. No, not him this year. Nope. How many guys are I get at three? <laughs> Tim Kelly? <laughs> uh well, Jack Darling was second. He was at 92 and a half. Uh, Tim Kelly? It was not. It was not a midfielder. I don't believe yeah. It was a uh, right. um it was I'll go um I'm gonna have to go Liam Duggan. It was Tom Barras. Tom Barras, all right. Yeah. Yep. See, I'm not a defender. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I hate defenders. <laughs> okay, so who kicked who kicked more goals in their Eagles career? Jack Darling or Peter Sumich? Uh, Peter Simic is ahead by four. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 514 to 510. Yep. But Peter Simic did it in 150 games. Jack Darlin's done it in 277. Wow. Wow. I mean, that just just tells you, you know, the the difference in terms of of how the, you know, the forward structure worked. Yep. Yeah. And you you look at a guy like Peter Simic, he probably could have kicked another 200. Because he mm-hmm. one year he kicked a hundred and some goals, he had ninety points. So you know, mm-hmm. but like like you said, it's a different game of football where they were the, the they were averaging four goals a game full forwards back then. So it's uh, these days. This player led the club with nine and a half one percenters per game last year. And his I'd name like to has, say Jamie Cripps. His name has already come up here today. We just we we actually just spoke about him. You spoke about him, or I spoke about him. <laughs> well, I I think I think I may have brought his name up. Oh God! Yes, one percenters. Shannon Hearn. Tom Barras. Tom Barras, geez. Yeah. Yep. Can't even remember how many games he played. I haven't got that in front of me. Where where did he uh where did he finish in terms of his uh Barras played 14 games? Yeah. So he let's see here. Uh in 2020, based upon what I could find, the Eagles played 41 players play at least one game in 2022. Yep. Did they have more or less players play at least one game last year? Oregon is going to be less. It is. They had 40 players play play yeah. a game, at least a game less. So they had one less. Yep. But yep. if you went, they were listed players the year before, four of those players weren't listed players. Right. The, yeah. They were working at the drive through at Hungry Jacks. We talked about yeah, that already. It. Yeah. Now, that, that, that were the Kurt Warners of uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So have the Eagles won? More games at the MCG or at Dockland slash Marvel? Well, they haven't played the MCG too much overall, but they've won grand finals there. I'm going to go Docklands. The, the so doc, at, at, at Docklands, they've got 30 wins, 41 losses, and one draw. At the MCG, yeah. they've got 36 wins and 55 losses. Oh. So six Pretty more, close. six more at the MCG. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Let's see here. Um, this player led the club with 455 meters gained per game last year. Liam Duggan. Yes, he did. Yep. Yep. Okay, and the last, the last two questions here. Who was the youngest player to ever debut with the Eagles? He was 16 years. David Wirapanda. Yes, there you go. Yeah. And who was the oldest player to ever play for the Eagles? Oh, jeez. To debut or to play? Uh, to, to ever play to ever play for the Eagles at any point in his career. Who was the oldest player to ever play for them? Oh, this is going to be hard. I'm going to go Shannon. No, I'm going to be Shannon Heard. Yes, it is. It is? It is, yeah. Jeez. 30, 35. I Steve, yeah. I would have said Steve Malaxis next. Yeah, 35 years, 356 days. Almost right before his 36th birthday was his last Jeez. game. Yep. So you didn't you didn't do too bad on that. You didn't, you know, that I mean there were there were I got all the def- I got the defenders wrong. <laughs> well, that's well, well, it was the same defender twice. So uh yeah. And Wayne so, and Wayne, my co-host, he'll be going, was I could have told you that was it, because he's a defender. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let me ask, where where did Tom Barras fit, finish on the club's best and fairest last year? Oh god, was he in the top ten? He would have been in the top ten. I would hope so. You would have hoped so on that. I mean, I I would think, you know, just, be, probably just... Be six. Well, it wasn't six. I'd say seven for eight. Okay. Okay. So before we wrap up there, sir, uh, we need to ask you, where can people find Eagle Nation? And what can we be expecting from you and your co-hosts this year on the show? And have you started new episodes for this year yet? No, no, not yet. We're in. Uh, we're just uh, in talks of what we're, how we're going to structure it. Now, um, look, it's going to be two shows a week. Uh, the final siren, which will be out on a Monday night, hopefully. We, you mm-hmm. know, we haven't put down exactly when it would be. I'll either be Monday or Tuesday night, uh, which we'll talk about the you know the round that's just being played, and then. Um, We'll record a second show, which will be bounced down, which will be the the game coming up the the round ahead, and in you know we'll be putting general football in there as well. Um, I've been speaking to a couple of the younger players this year, and hopefully the club let, lets us have access to them in ways of interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Haven't been that way in the past, um, but you know, New Year something's different, so a lot of new guys and I, I met with a couple of them. So hopefully that comes around. Um, and we might be doing a bit of video work as well. Okay. Um, I'm trying to upgrade all my uh, interfaces that I work with and stuff like that. So I'm going to do that over the next few weeks. And um, yeah, look, we're, we're going to come back and give it another shot. Um, we're hoping for a better year because, you know, when you're losing two years in a row, a lot of people don't want to hear the same thing in week in, week out. So hopefully we've got a bit more positive stuff to talk about this year, even though we do try and keep it positive as, but, you know, hopefully we're talking about more wins and stuff like that. And well, we're available on, we're everywhere on different podcast apps. Right, right. Why everyone listens to it differently. I know we're on Amazon in America, mm-hmm. which we're not on over here because Amazon don't have their podcast in Australia, but we're in, um, yeah, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, okay. um, all your leading podcast, wherever you get okay. your podcast apps, 
just type in Eagle Nation one word and it's there. So, well, let me, let me, and I, and I, and I'm hoping that this is, you know, I, I, I hope you're listening and this, take the, take this with, you know, the, the tongue in cheek that it's intended. Okay. <laughs> I hope that your listenership drops just a little bit this year and hear me out on this. Okay. Hear me out on this before you go, what the hell are you talking about? I'm hoping that it drops a little bit because that would mean that the club is playing better and the Fremantle fans who are tuning in to listen, just to laugh at what you're talking about have decided, well, the hell with this. We're not going to listen anymore because they're playing better footy right now. There's nothing to <laughs> laugh at. So I hope it drops by just a little bit. Those, those, those free, those Frio fans who are listening just out of morbid curiosity, hope they find something else to do with their time. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 trying to tee up a few Frio uh when we do play Frio twice, trying to uh -huh. tee up a few. Uh I went on Duck Show last year, so I've got to return the favor this year. So there you go. Um, you know. Well, there's there's quite a few West Coast people that follow Frio as well, which I don't understand. Um you know, mentally I don't understand it, but no, I, I, I get I get that. Um oh, I was just gonna ask you. I thought I had I had a really good point to make there, and I just completely had a, a brain fade. Because um, it was oh, free, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Uh, oh man, and I and I've got my paper. I jot notes down on here, and I didn't jot it down, so I'm I'm kicking myself here. Um, oh, I don't know what it was. I'll probably end up remembering it afterwards, and I'll add it into the closing when I record that. So, uh, uh, cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm just completely kicking myself for that right now. <laughs> but uh doggone it i mean it, it's 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 8 30 in this this in the morning and i'm 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 now moved on to my second cup of coffee here i've already finished off number one so i'm on to number two right now so um and this is actually a kind that has it's it's a coffee called death wish coffee which has like double the caffeine oh good. so so i'm gonna death be wired like wired like a home home security system yeah um <laughs> but uh it's I I think that you're going to see the green shoots you're expecting to see this year, you know, and, and you may still drop a game here or there where you think we probably should have won that one. But I think yeah. you're going to take, I think you're going to take a couple pelts that people are going to go, wait a minute, West coast beat them. I think that's going to happen at least a couple times this year. Yeah. Well, I'm, so. I'm hoping so. So like I said, um, I'm, I'm looking to eight wins. I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah, I, actually, I'd be happy even if I'd just be happy that we're competitive. Right, right. Um, a lot of people would go, "Oh, we need to finish last again." I, I don't buy into that theory. Um, you know, um, you don't want to be down the bottom for too long. So, um, we've had two horror years. Right. I just want to see some improvement. I, I, I've been down to training during the week, and that was sharp. And I've been down to training for the last few years, going into preseason, and this is the sharpest they've ever looked. But it's, they had the most people on the track as well, and just the ball movement I saw was different. So it was good, good to see. And um, you know, people forget Liam Ryan only played three games last year. Yeah, and yeah. on the track he's burning it up. So um, you know, just him being down the forward line adds a bit of excitement for Eagles fans. Um, you know, some of these younger players, if they get more games in them, they only can get better. And, you know, 
Eagles got to look to the next generation of Eagles fans and uh, players. That's so true. That's, that's the way true. it goes. And that's, that's true. Their life is a cycle of a football club. So um, the new champions, the future champions are there to be watched. And, uh, you know, people sit there and they forget about the Dustin Martins and all that. But the first three years of most players' careers, except for, you know, your Nick Dacos, is where you're learning the game and um, yeah. and you go bang. So um, hopefully we are. Uh, uh, see a bit more improvement. Yeah. So, um, so in your scenario, you, you know, your club's going to be winning six or eight games this year. So who's, who's replacing you and adding new, uh, cooking utensils in their kitchen. Who's taking the wooden spoon this year since you don't have the oh, Eagles man. doing it. I mean, I'm not saying uh, you would. To, I'd love to say a free man, but that ain't going to happen. I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. But, um, I uh, look, yeah, to me, North Melbourne, their their, their list is probably younger than ours. I think we're a little bit in front of them, mm-hmm. um, you know. But if they finish last, there's there's a problem with that club, um, you know. Uh, mediocrity. I don't know. You can't say down the bottom for that long. You know, everyone's speaking up Hawthorne this year. Rising, I still think they're gonna. They're they're a young side like us, like the Eagles as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember, like, you know, your teams like Richmond, they they definitely have to come up. So, to me, the bottom three should be the Eagles, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne again. But history says sometimes it doesn't work out that way. So Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I we talked off air about one of those three clubs that I thought, you know, might find a way into the eight this year. Um but uh, yeah, it's, and I'll have to go back and 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 look at things a little bit more closely. But I I just I don't know why I was just having this inkling about about uh, Hawthorne, which you know everybody that's a Geelong supporter that's listening to this is is you know deciding that they don't want to um, you know even uh, um, have anything to do with me when I when I come there in July now that I've been touting Hawthorne a little bit there, and I just remembered <laughs> I just remembered what I wanted to ask you. You, know, you were talking about reaching out to the club and hopefully getting uh, access to some of the younger players to, to interview. You know, you, you and unfortunately, I don't think you can get away with with uh, what I did a couple of years ago um, when the, the Cats actually they drafted three kit three kids from the Geelong Falcons side. Yeah, and I, I remember reached, you telling me this. <laughs> yeah, and I and I reached out to them on Instagram and said, "Hey, I'd love to. You know, would you guys love to? You know, come on and talk." And and uh, I got a, I got a message on on Twitter from somebody that works in the front office for the Cats saying, "Well, how did you get in touch with them?" And I said, "Well, I just reached out to them on Instagram." And they were like, "Oh no, they're not allowed to do that." So I I was able to you know to plead naivete that one time. So you know I. I've not reached out to any other current player since then because I, you know, I haven't gone through any of the proper channels for that, but I got away with it one time. Uh, so that's why you got to do it, but you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, but like I said, um, it, you know, hopefully clubs that I think they're letting uh, players be more uh, approachable by the media, but I don't know if that's the accredited media. Right. Um, so we, to me, I don't know how I see how clubs, would would not let their players talk to uh fan-based podcasts uh-huh. because you're not there to create a headline you're there to help the team um you're not going to be right. uh, to me when i've had past players on I, 
I ask about the the influences, their idols, the, mm-hmm. the reason why they want to play footy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not so much about the club at at the moment. So yeah. Now that's hopefully what we got to do this year as well. So you know, anything's I'm open to anything this year. So um, I'm going to be a bit more forth, forthright in approaching things and that as well. So always been a bit reserved and respected everyone's wishes, but sometimes you just have to, you have to step across those lines and try and get, well, get an interview or two. And then if it works out, it works out. So, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping to do once I lock in the days that I'm going to be there. And that's the one drawback of when I'm going to be coming in July is that, you know, the, the, the dates and times for those games have not yet been announced. You know, they have yeah. the range of days, but they don't have the, the specific dates and times locked in yet, which is a little frustrating because, you know, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to be overlapping with one another. And I, and I actually, I mentioned uh, during the, uh, the, the Carlton preview, I said, yeah, I've, I've, I've always, I've, I've sledged on, Richmond quite a bit over the last few years complaining about having to play games at Marvel. And I said, one of the things that I want to do this year when I am in Melbourne is I actually want to go to Punt Road and I want to make, I want to walk from Punt Road to Marvel Stadium and kind of like do like a a video blog of me making that trip between the two places because, you know, Richmond pisses and moans so much about having to go, at least still Hardwick pissed and moaned about having to go play at Marvel Stadium. I, you know, I want to just see, you know, see if I can make it across that 20 kilometers of desert and the two kilometer wide <laughs> croc filled river and the hundred meters of, you know, broken Lego pieces that they had to cross to get there. Okay. I want to see, I want to see if I can actually do that or if it was, you know, if it's as bad as they were making it out to be. Oh yeah. I still don't understand why I said that, but um, I think you, re- I think you regretted it as soon as you said it, but well, yeah, probably come down to their win loss. Probably come down to their win loss uh, record there, I guess. <laughs> and it, interest, interestingly enough, where does Gold Coast open up this year? At yep. Marvel. Yeah, they open up the season at Marvel, and and he yep. certainly doesn't have any, uh, you know, anything to to say about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that you know there may be some curious Richmond supporters that will show up to that game because you know there's, you know, I know I know of really only one Gold Coast supporter in Melbourne. Uh, who I've had on the last couple of years, uh, who's a mad Gold Coast supporter that lives in Melbourne and makes the trip up to the Gold Coast several times a year for games uh, and is at all their games in uh, in Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it, you know, some Richmond folks might show up just to see uh, see Dema there. And, uh, yeah, well, you look, know, I, I hope Gold Coast have a good year because I need it. So um, Yeah, well, I think the league, the league needs it. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, of course. Of course I yeah. need it. Yeah, it's one of their their children. So um, yeah. But you know they've been promising so much, and then they just fall away. Uh, you look at the Giants; they come in a year later, mm-hmm. and they've done everything right. Yeah. Um, and you know this year in the finals, everyone jumped on the Giants bandwagon. Yes. So yes. If if the Suns can get to the finals, the, the people are going to jump on their bandwagon. So oh, absolutely. That, absolutely. They need to make that next step. So. Yeah. Just hopefully it's not at the Eagles expense. And I, yeah. And I, and I think that the, uh, you know, the, the giant social media group were phenomenal this, this year during the finals. I mean, they did a great yeah, job brilliant. of promoting, promoting the club during, during finals. I mean, th- those are some great things that they put out there. I think a lot of media uh, teams sort of stepped up after that and uh, yes. take, take that up and yeah, that, that role coming. So that was brilliant. Yep. So, I've been asking this, this will be the last thing before we close out here. You know, it was announced this week 
that, you know, that the AFL is no longer going to release information about the player's weight, uh, which I thought is a little silly, um, you know, but, you know, and, and Kane, you mentioned Kane Corns already, but, you know, he got a little fired up about this. And I, and I just, I wondered, does this mean that, you know, that, 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 that roaming Brian is going to become like that, the guy at the carnival who guesses your weight, that's going to be going into the change rooms, dragging behind him, one of those big scales, you know, Hey, how your how was your game? That sort of thing. I think you're 74 and a half kilos. Hop on. Let's see what you got there today. And you can win a prize. Yeah. So look, I've been Kane Corns is blowing it out of proportion again. Like yeah. he always does. Um, and that's what he's paid to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, he, the, the publications, a guide that comes out at the start of the year, uh-huh. And um, it doesn't have their weight in. And so basically you're saying, oh, we can't do it. All you got to do is go and look on the website of each club and there's a weight for them. I've do- I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Liam Ryan's, yeah. 76 kilograms. It's not it's not hard to find the... Right, right. You know, as a commentator, I think he just, he, he gets those little things in there and jumps on board and it gets blown out of proportion. That's well, what media does. And it's and the, the offset. AFL is loving it because they're getting free publicity. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I, and I, I guess maybe I was misunder misunderstanding the what they were talking about. So I thought the way the way they were wording it, I thought it was as though that the clubs were that they were going to scrub all of that information from from all of the social media and all of the websites as well. So so it's just it's just the AFL record. They're not going to put it in. Well, there's a there's a big guide at the start of the year and it has yeah. every yeah. player and everything, and um, it's not in that. And but hey, if they if they do go that way, if they if they did take it off the websites and all that, then the AFL really needs to have a good look at themselves. But I'm looking at Eagles website. I've just looked at Collingwood's, and all of them still have got the the weights on there. So um, I think it's just a publication. Uh, Twitter gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kane Cords is a headline grabber and clickbait, and that's what it's all about. And again, free media. There you go. There you go. Well, Waza, I want to thank you for your time this evening, sir. I uh, yeah, I was I was getting my you know when you sent me that message this morning, I was actually getting my coffee out of the coffee maker right then, and was uh, you know heading upstairs to get the computer up and running. And uh, I'm glad we were able to sit down and chat. Nah, it's good. Good to be back on, uh, back on your show, mate. I uh, love coming on here, and uh, it's a, it's an honour. And um, as you're saying, it's pretty hot still here in Perth. It's nine thirty at night, and it's still hot. It's 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 actually sweating. I'm still sweating, and um, it, it's you know I'm back to work tomorrow after yeah. a few weeks' holiday. So um, you know, it's back into the grind because uh, footy's probably only about. 80, 80 days away, isn't it? Or something, two months away? Oh, it's it's like, yeah, it's about 60 days away. Yeah. Yeah. So, Early um, March. Yeah. Less than that, actually. So, so it's come you, around you, pretty quick. So, you, you've got to get going. I've got to get some more interviews scheduled. Um, I've had a couple that, you know, that, that I worked with last year, or at least one that I worked with last year that is, that did not want to, uh, to come back on this year, which is, which is certainly their prerogative. So, I have to find another avenue for that one. Um, but I've just got to get a bunch more scheduled here. So I'm going to be busy. Uh, hopefully get another three or four of them scheduled for next weekend. And then I'm going to start working and getting some of these edited and get edited and get these first few out. And, you know, they're going up on, uh, you know, of course my podcast page, but also up on YouTube. So I'm release. I'm doing 
you know, I'm not doing a lot of editing on the video because I'm not good at editing video because, well, what am I going to do with this face anyway? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a, this no, is it's, a, it's, a ple- it's a pleasure, mate. And uh, anytime, you know, and um, hopefully I've got all my new gear together and um, I can get you to, if you're in uh, Melbourne, I'll, I'll give you a buzz and put you on our show if I get the Sounds right good. Here. Sounds good. Just to see how you're going over in Melbourne and Absolutely. hopefully enjoy it when you come well, over. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know, you know, I, I, I've been looking at the tourist things that I want to do. Uh, one of the places that I actually want to to go visit, and I've been, uh, uh, and people are kind of chuckling about it, but uh, um, I want to go to the. Uh, there's a there's a place that's outside of Melbourne. That's about it's about a two and a half hour drive, but uh, it's a museum for a gentleman by the name of Cyril Callister. Okay, not sure if you're familiar with that name, but. Uh, uh- you know, for those of you that, you know, that have looked at the podcast before and you may notice over my shoulder over here, uh, he's the guy that invented Vegemite. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he has a little museum a couple of hours outside of Melbourne. So I want, I want to go visit that place and, you know, just to, you know, to, to, to tip my cap to this guy. And again, you know, cause I've, I've, I've gone through now 24 jars of it in the last two years. So you're, you're one of the only ones that probably like it. Um, oh. I've had a few people over from America and they taste uh-huh. it and they go, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> well, I, I am, I'm a huge fan. In fact, I'm now at the point where I, I don't even, I don't even use butter anymore. I just use just the straight yeah, Vegemite. I, I'm so, like that. I'm, yeah. I'm like that myself. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it with, I'll put a little bit, I mean, sometimes I'll put a little bit of cheese on it and put it under the broiler, um, which is, which is, you know, really, really good as well. So. Well, hey, awesome. you get some sleep because you've got to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you know, take, got to pay the bill somehow. <laughs> take a nice, t- yeah, take a nice cool shower, and uh, I'm going to go outside and see if I have any snow to shovel because it was coming down pretty good. We got a couple of inches of snow out there that I have to deal with. So, all right, mate. Well, uh, good luck, and it sends on my way. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll definitely do that. You're more than welcome to have all the snow. I, I'm, I'm at the point in time in my life where I've, I've had enough snow in my life that uh, I don't need any more of it. All right, Matt. All right, cheers, Waza. Thanks, mate. You bet. All right, Waza. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your evening. Um, sorry, you're having to go back to work tomorrow morning. I have the day off. It is a federal holiday. It's a holiday in remembrance of uh, the legendary Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And just, you know, an absolute, you know, icon of a man. Um, remember, folks, you can find everything related to my podcast at my website, ayankonthefooty.com, over on my YouTube channel. Just search for Craig Wessels. You can get uh, linked up there and subscribe there. Click on the notification button so when new episodes are loaded, you can uh, see them there. And I am backfilling older episodes. So when new episodes uh, come out, I'm getting them up there. But I'm also putting some of the older interviews up there as well. You can find me at Yank underscore on Twitter, a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram. Also, I'd love to hear from you and get you subscribed on the mailing list so that when new episodes come out, they show up in your inbox as soon as they're available. And you can do that at a Yank on the Now, ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check up on your friends. I know we're in peak summer right now in Australia and uh, stay cool. Enjoy the cricket, footy's coming, and uh, 
as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 301 of the Yank and the Footy. And again, you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. If you need to talk to somebody, those numbers are down at the bottom of my show notes in every single episode. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, cheers.